campaign trail and back on the mic, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point and beyond. Tackling the difficult topics facing our nation, they're on a mission to save the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And you're in the hunt. It's a big night last night for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Big night. Big night. And we were talking about this yesterday because you and I have had staunch opinions on the college football playoff versus BCS for a very long time. We have. Right. And first of all, big props to the Georgia Bulldogs. Great job taking down Alabama. What a wonderful team they fielded. Yada, 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 yada. However, I think the college football playoffs are a bunch of crap. Garbage. Hot garbage. Garbage. Hot garbage. Bring back the BCS yesterday, please, sir. Yes. Let's bring back bowl games. Let's have conference on conference competition. Let's not let the center of the universe be entirely in the SEC. Let's spread this talent around. Let's let every game in the season count as a bowl game. Let's build back bowls better. <laughs> so, <laughs> which what, what you're describing, Wesley, is <laughs> what you're describing. Apparently, we're too hard on Joe Biden. So yeah, you I know, mean, we've, you know. I guess, I, I guess, we're too hard on incompetence. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Okay, I'll take that. So we got, we got to lighten up on Bill Back Bowls better. Bowls better. Yeah. So here's my issue with what's happened in the college football landscape, and how that dovetails with what's happening in our broader culture as well. It's this everybody wins mentality. Yeah. You get a bowl game, you get a bowl game, you get a bowl well, game. Let's let's do the the butterball turkey bowl and the the Lay's potato chip bowl and the mayonnaise bowl where you hey, pour mayonnaise. Just, just like just the, the mayonnaise bowl. Yeah. You know, it's just just like just like we said yesterday. Like, do you remember when men were men and women were women and we had like, you know, chicken pox parties? You know, you know, let's go back to those days of bowl games where, like, the Cotton Bowl mattered. It meant something. The Orange Bowl mattered. The Orange Bowl. The, the Rose Bowl. The Sugar Bowl mattered. mattered. Like, to say that you were the champion of a bowl game, you got a ring, and it meant something. Rendon. And, I mean, it, you could jump from going in at fourth place and finishing potentially second or third. Yeah. Depending on how it worked out. Like, it was so much better then. It was so much better watching these guys, watching these guys every single week. No, if we lose this game, we're done. So that's and that's where I think college football, for me at this juncture, is ruined. Yeah. I don't like mulligans in college football. No. I don't like the idea that any given week that I'm watching Georgia, Alabama in the SEC championship, I love watching that game knowing one of you guys is not walking out of this. Yes. If one of you lose this game, you're not playing for a national championship because not, there's, there's not a replay. No, no, I don't want to see. I don't want to see, see you play again. again. You, had see, you had one chance to do it. You had one chance, and that's what made college football so special. Because if you didn't play perfect, maybe you get an opportunity to play for a national championship. 
But you should thank your lucky stars that that happened because the only way that you can guarantee that you get it is if you, run is if the you table. play perfect. You run the table. And if you play perfect, it's not like like with Texas and Texas Tech that one year. Well, they beat it. No, you lost. So whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But if you go in and you 2010 Auburn run the table, then you get an opportunity to play for a national championship if you're in a major conference. That's it. Great. And, and the, B- the BCS, for all the time that it was in existence, there were two years where it was – there's an argument that could be made that they, that they did not get it 100% right, but they didn't get it wrong. Yeah, and, and one of them would be the Auburn the year Auburn. With, with Cadillac Williams and, yes. and Ronnie. And but they still Cadillac. didn't get necessarily wrong. Yeah, and, and once again, there are so many parallels to what's going on in our culture – with what happens in the BCS and bowl games, and what are you actually trying to fix? Because the first thing is, it's this mentality of everybody should get a bowl game no matter what. No. Right? We have a winning season, so we should get a bowl game. It's a success. We should go travel with the team and celebrate our 7-6 and six mediocrity. That That's where we've gotten in our culture now. We sh- Even UT's future? <laughs> And present. Uh, <laughs> this is this is what we all celebrate right now, right? And so there's this piece of our culture right now where it's everybody gets a trophy, and that's okay for everybody to just celebrate collectively together. So that's that that's one piece that, that college football is really showing. The other piece is we have this ability to even when we're getting things by and large right. We want to totally change the system. Yeah. Right? We want to totally change the system. Even though you mean the like, Senate. You mean like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Doing away with the filibuster? Maybe. Oh! <laughs> Bingo! Maybe that's an example <laughs> of what I'm talking about. You know, we've had rules for a very long time. Yeah. And... Very similar, and I'm going to keep the metaphor going. In college football, we've had accepted national champions year over year over year. Every now and then you have somebody who claims a national championship like Boise State, and nobody cares because we all know that you're not the real national champion. Yeah, you know, right? That's fine. You can claim it. You can claim it all you want. You can claim it all you want. But you didn't win. Just because Boise State says they identify as a national champion. Yeah, we have a blue field. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean that they're a national <laughs> but champion. These, back to your point. In these days, these people can identify as national champions. <laughs> <That's> apparently. <laughs> so did you guys win your bowl game? No. Well, we but, identify yeah, as winning. That's what, that's what Nick Saban said in that press conference, right? What did he say? They were. They told him. They said, "Coach, uh, you know, how does it feel to lose to Kirby Smart?" He's like, "Well, I actually didn't lose. I identify as a winner." <laughs> That's a good answer. So- <laughs> Nick Saban definitely didn't say that. He didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody's going to be watching. He did not roll tie. Ro- roll tie. Roll tie. Roll tie. <laughs> See y'all next year. Roll tie. We're gonna win next year. We're gonna win next year. Roll tie. You know. You know what I love. And this is. I really know why I love Brendan. I love Alabama fans. Let me be honest with you. I do too. I was, I was just about to go, but I actually genuinely love Alabama fans. Well, not only do I love Alabama fans, I love Auburn fans too. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. I I have this thing where whenever I go to any outdoor place, whether it be a theme park like Disney stuff like that, if anybody is willing to wear the gear of a team, I will say the appropriate greeting to that person. For example, if somebody has on a Michigan shirt, I'll say, "Hey, go blue." If somebody has on a Michigan State, go green, go white. 
If somebody has so on it, you say you identify as all these different fans. Every identi- time you see identify as different fans. No consistency. So whenever, whenever somebody, oh, that was weird. When when uh whenever somebody has on, an Auburn, your War Eagle, yeah, War Eagle, brother, War Eagle, or an Alabama Roll Tide, yeah, Roll Tide. The reason why I love Alabama and Auburn fans is because those people always respond. Yeah. Always. Michigan, too, actually. They're pretty good about responding. Not as Ohio State's better. You say OH, you're going to get an IO. Somebody has on an Ohio State shirt, they're going to say. You say go blue, go. It's mixed, man. The one is, I'm telling you, Auburn and Alabama are the ones. I guess I'm not a chameleon, so I don't do this. <laughs> I'm not a sellout for fans. <laughs> But back to I, I don't talk to randos because I want to hear if they're going to respond to me or not. You're a politician. What do you mean you don't talk to randos to see if they're going to respond to you? No, I don't actually. They're not. They're not randos. Like they're not. They're constituents. Yes. I'm a man of the people. They're right? voters. They're voters. <laughs> they're supporters. They're supporters. <laughs> so, so back to even this idea of of changing the rules in in the filibuster, right? This is yet an example where you've done things in a certain way, and is any democracy perfect? No. Uh, but there's never been a democracy in the history of the world that's been stronger and has lasted better long positioned and, and lasts as long as ours has. Mm-hmm. And you think about the irony that's happening in our country right now. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in Georgia right now home of the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, okay? They're in Georgia right now, and they're making a pomp. And Atlanta Braves. And Atlanta Braves, yeah. Yeah, props where props are due. Hopefully not Stacey Abrams. Yes, hopefully not. (laughs) They're they're in Georgia making a big pomp and circumstance about laying reefs uh, at at, at MLK's grave and Coretta Scott King's grave, and talking about voting legislation okay We've so talked about this before but so so we are in a position where once again you want to change the rules of the senate okay so that then the senate can change the rules of the elections <laughs> And then we want to cloud this yeah. and in message a, it. In a and hurricane message and message it that, oh, no, we're only doing this because this is what all black people and Dr. King would have wanted. Not even thinking about the fact that this voter legislation is, in many ways, pretty undermining to the black community from the perspective of you're making assumptions that black people can't get ID and can't go anywhere to vote on time. Brendan, that's the most. But somehow that's Martin that's Luther King's most. But, but somehow that's Martin, Martin Luther King's Brendan, legacy. In the last two years, that's the most racist thing I have seen is the insinuation that black people cannot get an ID and can't figure out where and how to vote with two weeks to do it. That's really racist. Yeah. Because the bar for voting is really low. 
And, and if we can't have a baseline, that's just, I don't know, man. Like, you vote between this time and, and, and this time, and you have to have an ID to do so. And no, you can't send out mass ballots. And no, we want to be able to keep accountability of these ballots. And no, you can't have you can't have absentee counting in the wee hours of the day. And like, who wants that? Why would you want that unless you're trying to cheat? But once again, Wesley. And, but wait, somehow these things are racist, Wesley. That's ridiculous. Somehow, because the BCS didn't let in a 16-team playoff, they had to have been getting it wrong. Oh, that's a good point. These are the parallels. They're all very good. Amen. Like, yeah. like, like somehow... Good point. Because policies can disproportionately affect communities. Like, where, where is the consistency with that? I've talked about this before with abortions, right? So if we say that somehow... Voter laws disproportionately affect minority communities, which I still need to see the data on because nobody's shown me the data on that, that more or less people would or wouldn't have voted based on these policies. What I've seen the data on is when you have great candidates or candidates that people are drawn to, people vote. Black people loved Barack Obama and the voter turnout was phenomenal. Yeah, okay? that's true. When there are, vo- when there are people that, that people want to vote true. for then the data supports it. But that data is not, well, if we manipulate this thing and change the time and stuff like that, mm-hmm. no, that's not, that, that, that is not supported with data. And in the same way, it's the thing that, that I'm still trying to figure out with, with abortion and the idea of we see the data that that disproportionately affects minority communities, mm-hmm. but we ignore it. <laughs> so where, where is the yeah. consistency and, and, and once again, I'm, I'm not even trying to beat from a mountaintop saying you should or shouldn't think about things in a specific way. That's not what I'm doing at all. What I'm saying is you should look at what people are telling you and do some research and think about whether or not some of these things make sense. So one really cool thing that, that you get to do when you run for public office is every now and again, you have the opportunity to go talk to young people every now and again. And yesterday... I spoke at St. Agnes, and there were about 140 young people in there. They were from Strake, and they were from St. Agnes. I got to talk to them for about an hour. And part of the things, and one of the things that I talked about was intellectual curiosity and understanding that there are multiple sides to a story and not demonizing one side or the other too much without at least hearing what the other side is saying. Now, if you hear what the other side is saying and then read what the other side is saying, you're like, that's not a good argument. And then you take a bat to it at that point. That's how this is supposed to work. But I talked a lot about information and the importance of gathering information and gathering large swaths of large swaths of information so you can just understand how to be a more informed citizen. Yes. And when you're at Strake or if you're at St. Agnes and, and you're at these schools, I kind of like the fact that they are indoctrinating these kids at a very young age to be intellectually curious. It's actually why I was really impressed to see 140 kids on an elective period, by the way, come to see me talk for one hour. It was very good. Now, granted, it was mostly conservative kids, but all of them were not. Yeah. All of them were not. And 
when we talk about passing on messaging to the next generation and why we are conservatives and why we do this show, part of the biggest things that we try to do is to just offer a different perspective. You might agree with it. You may not like it. But I guarantee you, you may not have ever heard it put this way. Yes. And by the way, we do our research. We read a lot. We consume a lot of information. Are we always right, per se? I wouldn't dare say that. I wouldn't dare say we're always right. Yeah. But I will say we're informed. When you talked about St. Agnes and Straight Jesuit being, of course, Catholic schools, it reminded me, I don't know if you listened to the Pope's remarks yesterday, uh, he said something about cancel culture that I thought was fascinating. And what is once that? again, I didn't see it. Once again, Pope Francis has said things I agree with, I disagree with. Everybody has said things I agree with and disagree with. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis said, under the guise of defending diversity, cancel culture ends up canceling all sense of identity. Oh, my goodness. That's great. And, and accurate. And very accurate. Let me say that again. Oh, wow. Under the guise of defending diversity, cancel culture ends up canceling all sense of identity. Wow. That will bake your noodle. Yeah, it's very good. And as these young men and women who who listen to you speak, they have just as right to have an identity uh, politically as anybody else does. Mm-hmm, they do. And we somehow... In and our, they should get canceled because of their opinions. No. No. And there's one thing that, that I find very, very fascinating, and this was, I told you I had a surprise for you this show. Okay. Talked about information, soaking in information. As you know, I am an avid reader of the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. There was an article today that was talking about the 2024 election Mm -hmm. and who appears to be the presumptuous front runner for the Democratic Party. Come on, man. Come on, man. What you got? Don't do this. Come on, man. What you got? <laughs> I'll give you one hint. Her husband was a president. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're saying Hillary is the front runner as as the candidate of change. And she's positioning herself right now. She just had an MSNBC interview. You're lying. Where she called on Democrats to engage in careful thinking about what wins elections, and not just in deep blue districts where a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. She also noted that the party's House majority comes from people who win in much more difficult district. Ms. Clinton also took a veiled a veiled jab at the Biden administration and congressional Democrats in an effort to create distance. Listen to what Hillary Clinton said. It means nothing if we don't have a Congress that will get things done and we don't have a White House that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable and productive. End quote. 
So you're talking about us being hard on Joe Biden. I. She says. So she's saying Joe's not sober. <laughs> that's the problem. She says <laughs> that, that's it means bad. nothing if we I don't mean, have I a Congress that will sober. get things done and we don't have a White House that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable and productive. Hillary Clinton said this. 74-year-old Hillary Rodham Clinton no. is positioning herself this to run in, for president in, in 2024. This was in the journal? This was in the journal. Like the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Yes. I can't believe this. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I told you. This, this is unbelievable. But... And Rita, you know what? Now that I think about it, it makes sense. Who else is there? That's what I'm saying. So, so, so when Kamala you said, Harris when you said has, was a wife before a president, I thought for sure you were going with Michelle Obama. Oh, really? That that was my first thought because Hillary is so far in the recesses of my imagination that, that there's just no way that I could have ever drummed that up. Yeah. First, I thought Melania. I was like, Nah, she's not. She's not and American then you were citizen. like, I don't know, so Ro- Rosalind Carter. <laughs> Rosalind. I mean. <laughs> Laura Bush? No. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and Bill Bill's getting back around too and starting to to, to you know drum up a little bit of support. That's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Love those razorbacks. Love them. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? And and once again. If you think about when I read that article, that's yes, yes, yeah, certain thing. It's like a magic eye, man. It's like a magic eye. You know, when you see the magic eye for the first time, you can look at it again and it just pops up. It's like, man, why was it so hard for me to see that before? There's nobody else. After I read that article, it was pretty obvious. Once you get over the shock of it, there's nobody else. Yeah. Right, because she's because Joe Biden's out. Because she's certainly in better in better mental shape than Joe Biden. Joe is Biden's out. There's no doubt about that. Kamala Harris is out. Yeah. Gavin Newsom is out. Pete Buttigieg might take a four year maternity leave. <laughs> that's good. That's funny. So <laughs> see, that, see, that's funny. You said you said mental shape. I just want to point that out. Yeah. That's <laughs> fair. fair. So, so I mean, Cuomo's really, out. They have no. There is. There is no to wife. lunch with a woman who's not his wife. That's sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Cuomo. <laughs> uh, There's nobody else. Yeah. So now that I see the magic eye, it seems pretty obvious, right? Oh my goodness, Brendan, they're back. They're going to come back. It seems obvious. So this is their last hurrah. Yeah. It's like tra- Mortimer, we're back. Yeah. Because think about it. You're there looking is at no Joe, one else. You're looking t- at Joe Biden, right? And President Joe Biden right now with a with a less than forty percent approval rating. Yes. Okay. And less and and, and he that's, got there in less than a year. That's a death sentence, right? It's over. Yeah. It's and over. you're also talking about okay, I think that that Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, I don't think this filibuster thing is going to happen. Yeah. Which means that we're still talking about getting 60 votes to to pass any legislation. Yeah. Which means that there's no part of this agenda that's going to happen between now and the new election so, in so November. That's, so that's, and then you lose in a landslide in Congress in the midterms with a with the freshman team led and by maybe and led maybe, by Wesley, and maybe the Senate led by Wesley Hunt. Who said that? With the with the 
Who with said the, that? With the freshman team led they by say that in the army, the coffee's mighty fine. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, there's a landslide in the midterm election. Okay. So then, all led of a sudden, yeah, led by led I mean, by Wesley Hunt. It, I mean, man. come on, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, come I do on. what I can. You know what I'm saying, dog. I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to be like you, dog. 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 I'm trying. No, I'm trying to get like you. I'm trying to be like you, dog. I see the socks, dog. <laughs> I, I try to get like you. You know what I'm saying? I try to get like okay. you. Okay. Okay. So, so you then have a landslide of a midterm election. So then you're sitting here. The economy hasn't oh, recovered. My goodness, Rendell. COVID is still I going never, on. Never. I didn't see that. Uh, I thought you were going to say lose, Oprah. You or lose something. the Senate. You lose. You, you lose the House. Uh, the only Democrat name with credibility would be, in that case, the Obamas. And the Clintons. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And when I read the article, I was like, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be like season 10 of House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Spacey. No, he's out. Wow. That crazy? You did get me on that one, man. You freaked me with the okie doke on that one. Yeah. Ah, oh, I did not see that coming. Yeah. So once again, that makes sense. It makes sense. And I go back to a theme. And she's still upset. She's she's still butthurt that she lost. She 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 wants redemption. Yeah. I go back to a theme. Wow. That I've been talking about a long time. You've been talking about a long time. It's this theme of we really need to have better talent running for office. I agree. Is there any way that I can say that slower? We are now sitting in a position where all of the most powerful people in politics are in their 70s and 80s. The top two Democrat finishers were Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Wake up, people. Yeah. Yeah. Support people who are getting in the game and get in the game. Quit sitting around making complaining and making excuses. See, Wake that, up. We got to get people in the game. And, 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 and you're right. You're right about, about the youth thing and about the acuity thing and about having the mental capacity and the, and the energy to do this kind of stuff. It's a pretty big job. Yeah. Hillary Clinton would start at 77 years old. Yeah. And, and look, I, I got it. I think I think I, I mean, you know, Joe Biden's lost a little bit on, on his lost a little bit on, on his uh, fastball. You know, in the last couple of years, obviously, There's it happens. Every seventy-eight it, it is not. Every seventy-eight is not the it, same. Because Bernie Sanders is all seventy-eight, and he's and he's he clearly and he's is, still picking fights with people. I know, right? He's uh, <laughs> still talking that crazy talk. You yeah, know? I mean, but but that's still pushing it. Yeah, like like we're we're, we're pushing it, and and like I said, I don't want to be an, an age discriminator because you're right. You know, seventy-eight. Every every seventy eight year old is not created equal. I actually just had lunch with the good with a with a good buddy of mine. His dad came. He's a retired colonel from the Air Force. He's actually seventy eight. He he looks like he's sixty eight. Yeah. Colonel Carpenter looks like he's sixty five. I, yeah. I he said he was seventy eight, and I said what? Wow. He looks absolutely phenomenal. I get that, but I I do think when we have options to get younger. I think we just start exploring that a little bit more Wesley, because this is a big job, and I know we're hard on Joe Biden, but at the at the end of the day, 
he does not have the mental capacity to do this job, and we and we we made a critical mistake. So, and and to your point, you don't even have to say we've made a critical mistake. Hillary Clinton is saying we made a critical mistake. That's hey. Hey, if she's coming back in 2024, hey, hey. she's not coming back in 2024 because she's going to be cheering four more years for Joe Biden. Wow. Or because he's put us in a place where, even the, where the party that's, wants to be. That's her. Yeah. That's that was your point. former party leader. Right. I'm not saying that. Do you, know, do you also who's been conspicuously quiet as well? Who? The Obamas. Oh, absolutely. Nothing. Crickets. Yeah. Speaks volumes to me. Yeah. Nothing. And I get it. There's kind of there's kind of an unwritten pact. You know, no past president talks trash about the current president. I, I understand that. Um, but this guy was your vice president. Nothing. Here's the interesting thing. I actually was extremely concerned about Joe Biden becoming president when it took Barack Obama not endorsing him until he got the nomination. I was extremely concerned. Because yes. this is a man who you gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yes. This is a man that you said the best, the smartest thing you ever did was bringing him on as a vice president. Yes. And if you truly do believe in what this country could be and putting in leaders that are in the best interest of the country, which I think he does, you would endorse the person who you could think do that, could do that, and you would do it quickly. Yeah. And his silence said everything. Mm-hmm. He's still silent. And he's still silent. His silence was deafening. Yeah. And I think now we're in a place, and and the Democratic Party even more so, when you're talking about running back Hillary Clinton. Man. That's a rough place to be in, man. And once again, and what I wanted to get at that, that, that we didn't touch on is... You were very delicate about saying, you know, hey, people can be in their late 60s, early 70s, have acuity and all these types of things. And look, I agree with you. I think that there there are people that are in their 70s, 80s who are far sharper than, our, than I'll ever be. And I get that. OK. But what I will say is if you look around and all of your leadership is really, really old, it's because you've done no succession planning and you haven't given anybody an opportunity to progress that thinks differently and comes from a different era. Yeah. So you might succeed in doing. All, we've all failed at that. You might by the succeed. Way. At, you might succeed we've in getting to that point that. and holding on to power, but you failed at setting up the next generation for having people that have the experience and capability to lead. We you failed. failed. We failed on that. If you look around and everybody is in their seventies or eighties, if every leader that that we have is a baby boomer, guess what, baby boomers? You failed in bringing up the next generation to teach themselves and to actually have opportunities. To lead when it counts. Yeah. So whatever way we want to slice it, it's not good. We got to get younger, man. We do. You know, I think people recognize that too. By the way, our part, like like Wesley, the 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 parties look like the L.A. Lakers. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, man, who's gonna the run ice, the who, ice bath Lakers? Like, like, who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna run for who's gonna run for Congress? Man, bring Dwight Howard out here. <laughs> Wait a minute, wasn't didn't he win the slam dunk contest like 15 years ago? Yeah, man, but he's ready. He's re- no man. Like no no, who's gonna run for Senate? Man, bring Carmelo out. Yeah. Like Rajon Rondo, Carmelo, the guy who played for the Knicks, doesn't he? Have, doesn't he have a kid in college now? Rajon Rondo, <laughs> LeBron, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Like, come on, that. yeah. But you know what? I will say this, and even being out on the trail a lot, 
the biggest thing that I'm seeing a lot of people say is, I'm so glad you're young. Relatively. Yeah. I get that a lot. I, I'm actually, I hear that more than anything else. I'm so glad you're young. We need some more young people. So, so there's not a, it's, it's not like it's being ignored. And I think a lot of people do recognize that. Um, and it's also the reason why I think we're doing pretty well is that you're right. We, we need to get some, some youthful leadership in there. And, and by the way, I'm not saying do away with the old. In fact, how do we use some of the cagey good experience and then infuse some youth to learn from them? Wesley, you don't start planting a tree when you need shade. Yeah. Okay? Anybody, the first six months you're in Congress, you're going to be trying to figure out where the bathroom is. Yeah. Okay? Everything that we go through in life, there is a learning curve. So in order for us to have the leaders that we need 10 years from now, the governors, start plant, the senators, start plant seeds the now. vice presidents, start plant seeds the presidents, now. Yeah. the mayors, in order for us to have those, the, the, the attorney generals, attorneys general. Attorneys general, yeah. In order for us to have. Sergeants, the, sergeants major. Yeah, in order for us to have the lineup with the Greek freak at the combo, yeah. okay, in order for us to have that lineup in 10 years. We have to have people that are running for office right now yeah. because they got to get the experience right now. If I want to see Senator Hunt or President Hunt, guess what? You can't just wake up. Oh, careful now. Okay. It, but you can't just wake up at 55 and say, oh, oh I want to be. Everybody says, oh, I thought about running for office. You've heard me say this a million times. You say times. it a lot. Yeah. Everybody says, oh, I thought about running. Whenever anybody tells me I thought about running for office, I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't do it. Yeah. Or I'm thinking about getting in the race. Are you, did you, did you, are you going to get in or not? Yeah. There is, bottom line, are you, are you in or you're out? Like it, my boy Yoda, man. There's no try, man. Only do. There's no try. No try. Only do. Yeah. Huh. Either getting in the race or you're not. We need more of that. Well, speaking of race, early voting is in four and a half weeks. Wow. Elections on March the 1st. So needless to say, we're in it. We're in the fight. We're working hard. We like our chances, but we're going to sprint to the finish line. Take us out. And remember, smiles are contagious, so make someone's day. God bless you. God bless you.